see, you're not understanding me. I'm not saying you can't do a podcast without me. I'm saying you shouldn't do a podcast without me. There's two different things. Shouldn't do one, huh? Shouldn't do one. Even if it's something that, you know, you haven't seen or anything like that? I bring the life to the show. As executive producer, I am in charge of making sure the show has life. I thought Alexander brought some life to the show. He brought no life to the show. You're insulting my son now. I'm not insulting your show. There's a lot of John Paul and Alexander. That's all it is. That's all I'm saying. Okay, all right. Well, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, stay tuned. Are you recording? I am recording. Welcome to the Old Titans, episode 30-something. I guess it depends on how you interpret our numbers here, it's whether our last one was an official number or not. It was not. Uh, we did have an episode since uh, last week where we went and saw Spider-Man Homecoming. When I say we, I'm going to talk about me and Alexander, my son, not me and the uh, B-Man here. Me and the co-creator of the show, B-Man. Yes, 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 yes. So this is John Paul. I am B-Man, the co-creator and executive producer of the Old Titans and so, I would apologize for having done that, except you were invited. I, I was, but I have a six-year-old myself who wanted to see the movie, and unfortunately... And, and you should definitely take her. I all, would take all kidding her. aside, you definitely should take uh, her. I, it, I am definitely planning on it. Yeah. As the recap for anybody who hadn't watched or listened to the last episode, Spider-Man, good. Do I have issues with it? Yes. Listen to the last podcast, and you'll find out my issues. I, I figured you would. But, there, but it's a great movie. It, I, it, it honestly is a great movie. And I'm glad. You know... That day I went home, got a ton of text. Uh, our Twitter feed, Old Titans, was passed out with messages up the yin-yang for me. B-Man, are you okay? How's things going? You know, um, They're worried all, about you, huh? They're worried about me. I, I understand yes, uh, that. I worry about you sometimes. Sandy from Springfield, Louisiana. Thank you. I'm doing great. Um, I did not approve of their show, but it happens, right? Um, you know, we got Nancy and Frederick from Elm Street right here in our own backyard. Doing great. Um, the don't bad thing is don't about, go to sleep. Don't have any nightmares. Yeah, yeah that too. Okay. Anyways, yes, we're all. I'm doing fine. I'm back. All right. um, and since you're back, let's yes. get started with the B man question of the week. All right, all right, all right. So we both love Star Wars, right? And we know a yeah. lot of the characters and that kind of stuff. If Lucasfilm, Disney, whoever came to you and said, John Paul, I want you to create a one shot movie of any Star Wars character, who do you pick? What is this movie? Who do I pick one of this movie? There's a lot of great characters. A lot. A lot of them. I'm not going to go through all the ones I thought about because there was a bunch that was like, could do this, could do that. There's a lot. And I could not remember if you'd said one shot or it could be a series of no, movies. Go, go for it. No, no, no. no, no, no. But I, there were several I thought of that could be really cool one shots, like whatever happened to Obi-Wan between Absolutely. You know, those kind of things. That was up there for me, yeah. yeah. But the one I went with was the one that I think doesn't get enough love in the movies. He's gotten plenty in the comics and the books. He's... Our red leader, Wedge Antilles. I think I think Wedge could be a really cool movie. I think much better than Poe um, Poe Dameron. Nothing against Poe, but they really didn't develop his character all that much in the movie, and just set him up as this incredible pilot, where you had a lot of development behind Wedge in the movies in the background, you think and so? he never got the screen time he should get. Okay. I, I think having a Wedge Antilles movie would be really cool. A rogue, would it be Wedge Antilles or Rogue Squadron in general? Probably Rogue Squadron with him as the main character. Okay. And then continuing basically what happened after um, Return of the Jedi. You know, filling that gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. That's actually, John Paul, a great idea. Well, thank you. I have a few every so every often. Every so often you get one. Um, I had two. I'll stop ahead. Okay. And I'm still to this moment debating. I kind of finished my debate. 
Um, we'll see. I, I, I am curious right now whether any of them are the ones I thought about. So let's let's. Oh, see. this one probably you probably heard of this character actually. Mm-hmm. He's expanded universe of Star Wars. Never had screen time, but he's a big video game character. Okay. And you've heard of Darth Revan, I imagine. No, never heard of Darth Revan. Never heard of Darth Revan. Um, I think or if I have, I don't remember it. Is he the back in the late nineties or early two thousand? Um, Bioware, EA, whatever it is, came out with this game, Star Wars, Knights of the Republic. Okay. And there was a story about these two bad guys, Malik and Darth Revan. You know, and that's why I don't know, because that's be, the one. Yeah. That's where I stopped playing the Star Wars games. Not because of that game, I just. Oh, that's one of the best I ones. I stopped out right there. before that. I stopped after the Dark Forces set of games. So you're playing as, you know, you hear Revan dies, Malik's, you know, beating the drunk out of, I guess, Republic, wherever they were at the time. And you're playing this one character helping find this Jedi and all this cool stuff happening. Then you find out the one character you're playing is actually Revan the entire time. He just lost his memory. Oh. And it was a really cool twist. It was really awesome. That was my runner-up. So doing, okay, that's your runner-up. Okay. runner-up. Yeah, that one was not on my list. Sounds cool, but it was not on my list. My favorite character, and people always diss me on this. And you know, I think I told you before, I love Jabba the Hutt. I would love really? to see a Jabba the Hutt um, bounty hunter, mafia type. Right. Like the coming of age type thing for Jabba the Hutt I don't mean that's from a kid I just mean like yeah. him gaining power him or be- after he's in power just as a godfather him figure. becoming him becoming the godfather essentially okay. and then you know doing it that way how he became to where he is now which one would you go with would you go with the giant slug or the big man in furs I would go with the giant slug okay. I, I know the big man in furs they pretty much know that as well yes I do I do um, but I would just love to see it, you know, you know, a kingpin-type Java story, a Star Wars gangster story. Cool. That could be cool. If, if it was done right, I don't, he could not be the one on the screen all the time, unlike a Han Solo or a Wedge right. or anything. He would always be behind the scenes. I mean, he could have screen time, but sending people out. It would, yeah. really would be a mobster story. It would be, I mean, there would be the Bounty Hunter boss, uh, Boba Fett, Edge 88, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. One of those guys, there would be a lot of those guys involved. Greedo. Yeah. It depends on the setting, but yeah, Greedo. Possibly even a Han Solo appearance. You could. Hey, if you want to have just a really minor one, depending on what they're doing with the Han Solo movie, you could have um, this young, yeah, up and coming, he has a decent name, smuggler, they need to go make a run for them. You get to see Han hired for the mission that got him in trouble. And that's it. Maybe later in the movie you hear, yeah, that guy's not working out, we're going to have to put out a bounty on him. Yeah, maybe that's all you hear. He got my spice. Uh, I think they mentioned in the movies that he had a bunch of good runs and yeah, a couple of runs with bad, something like that, and that's why they're after him now. So yeah, that would that could actually be cool. So that's my idea. Yeah, that would definitely be that would be a very different movie. Um, both of those would, but definitely that one more so than the other. That would definitely be a straight Godfather, yes. mobster, dark. Whatever so it would be it. the universe, but it would be more of the, uh, like I said, Godfather-type yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, the Wedge Antilles Rogue Squadron is really more straight Star Wars adventure, yeah. fun, just follow another character. Yeah, mine would definitely be probably closer to PG-13. Or, here's another idea. What do you think of this one? This might top all of ours. Porkin, the Undiscovered Years. Yeah, never would never, think of no that Porkins one. Probably no desire to see that. That okay. might be the first Star Wars movie I actually missed in the theaters. <laughs> Yeah, so. Alrighty. So, with that being said, we'll move on to the news. Yeah, I don't do it as well today. I just yeah. don't have it in me to do the news, right? No, that's good. That's good. Uh, do the sound. Do the news. I'm, I'm okay. Oh, do the okay. news. Okay. okay, so we got some news here. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, um, by the way, Alexander went to see Pirates of the Caribbean last night. Yes. And he saw the trailer for The Tick. 
Now, it's on YouTube. It hit uh, two days ago. But it's actually in the theaters as well. So I'm kind of impressed that they're actually putting that out at the theaters too. So they're making a big push for The Tick. I love The Tick. I don't know about you. But I love The Tick. Um, I did not, as much as I love Patrick Warburton, it was perfect for the character. The show was lacking. Yes. I, I, yeah, the show was lacking. But the animated was perfect. Mm-hmm. The pilot for this version of The Tick... I thought it was great. Yeah, we watched it together, yeah. actually. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And now this is the continuation of that. August 25th, it comes back. So, very excited about it. Good. And it looked looked good. And um, the actor, I, can't, I don't know his name, the actor playing the tick has definitely just buried himself in the role. That's good. That's yeah, a good thing. That could be cool. Um, all right. One for you. Unfortunately, you're going to need more help. I'm gonna Psychological help. Because your addiction is about to get worse, quite possibly. How so, John Locke? How so? Friday the 13th single-player mode is about to be yes. sneak peek, revealed, whatever. It's not, like, imminent, but they're working on it because they've had such success with the game, even though they haven't spent a lot of time, I guess, patching, working on the multiplayer set. Because of the success, they are getting to devote a lot of cycles towards developing the single-player single mode. So here any day now, there's some rumors we're going to get a reveal of that single-player mode and... I'm just, I'm worried for you. I'm I, I'm worried for myself, too. I've been told I swear a lot more at nighttime than I usually <laughs> do. Uh, my coworkers have worried about me mentally at this point. Uh, the game is addicting <laughs> from my point. Yeah. I can see why the younger kids wouldn't like it. You know, it's only a couple maps. Either Jason or the counselors. Yeah. But me, you know, we, we were both, you know, children in the 80s, essentially. Yeah. When these movies were red hot. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm living my childhood and okay. I can't get enough of it. So for single player mode, I think yes. I know the answer, but I'll ask anyway. Which, if you only had, I know the answer if I don't put this restriction on there. If this restriction was in place, if you could only choose one or the other, would you rather be a counselor or would you rather be Jason? I personally would rather be Jason. Okay. However, I think you can get more story out of being a counselor. I figure from a gameplay mode... You know, if you do get killed, Jason, it just fits in the story to keep coming back over and right, over and over. Right. And you go through multiple movies of different counselors. The counselor, you're right, there's probably more story. I think, though, what would happen, in my opinion, is you wouldn't regenerate. If you die, like, you pick your counselor, and if you die... You go to a different counselor? You inhabit a different counselor that's still alive, and you see if you can survive through any of... And that would actually be a great idea. Yeah. And then, whether you survive or not at the end, if you do... You make the bad choice of coming back for the sequel and keep playing that character until it dies or keeps yeah. surviving sequel after sequel. Again, we don't know what's going to happen. I no, mean, the game essentially starts off with this one counselor walking to this group of counselors at a campfire and Jason kills them. Yeah. Uh, the rumor is that after the game, single play mode ends. So I'm guessing it's going to be like a Jason stealth type mission. Could be. But I, I just think it'd be great if they did do movie No, that after idea movie. is actually really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, this is free content, so again, uh, how much are you really going to get? Yeah, of course they could do paid content. They could. Oh, I they hope could they have do. Paid. Uh, what are they? DLCs. DLC. Yes. yes. They could pay, have paid DLCs for movie one, movie two. Hey, there we go. If they do that, you know, whichever one they release third, they have to release In for 3D? the PlayStation VR? VR or whatever. I mean, they just need to. Both for the nostalgia from 3D and all that. You know, I was actually watching highlights of that movie recently. Yeah. And the 3D effects, like, it was constantly, <laughs> look, I'm poking you in the face. Yes. It was every five minutes, like, come on, man, we get it. The popcorn bursts in the air, the... 
Wasn't one of them like a little tiny pitchfork like you'd use to eat food with that was thrown straight at the audience or yeah, something? Yeah, it was that. It was, goes um, into someone's eyes or something. That was a spear gun, actually. Was it the spear gun? I was, was thinking it was a little one. Or, okay, maybe it was a big one. Um, there's a yo-yo effect. Like You almost hit me when you actually did hit in the nose. Yeah. I guess it didn't mean to. Um, oh, funny thing, though. I was actually watching, again, doing the reviews and stuff. Part 4 mm-hmm. has one of the most iconic scenes in any horror movie. Part 4 was good with Corey Bell well, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. What, what's the There's actually scene? one point in that movie, you know, the guy's out there hunting Jason because yeah. his sister was dead in part two and that yeah. kind of stuff. Jason ends up killing him. All right. Surprise. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert from <laughs> 1980, whatever. Basically, if you haven't seen these movies, everybody's going to die. Okay, now Most, we keep yes. going. Yeah. The guy actually narrates his own death. Yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, he's killing me. He's killing me. Oh no, I'm dying. Like, what the? He's narrating his own death. Well, you know, I, I... I actually need to put that on a Twitter feed, because that is... When I saw that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding that's me. Good. It was oh, so that's... impressive. So anyways, yes. All right, so that's, that's, that's good. But anyway, I just want to make sure you knew that you need to start saving up for your psychiatrist fund. Yeah. Okay. Is that a work deductible thing? I don't, I don't know. It could be. You, you're in charge of that. Let me know. We should look that up. Um, some set photos were released this week, or I think they were released and not snuck out. But either way, of um, The Flash... Um, the first episode of that, Wally West in the Flash costume. Yes. So that's kind of cool. We know it's not going to last. We know Barry's going to be back. But I was kind of curious, where would they go with that? Would they just have Wally step up and be Kid Flash taking care of things? Or would he get to put on the costume? Now, I think you know more than I know. Is this a couple years? Like, I know it's a couple months away. But, I mean, this takes place a couple years in the future? Or what? how does it take place exactly? Is it immediately? No, I, I believe it's supposed to be basically six months, five months, you know, Whatever so would be, time, yeah, our time. Whatever would happen between the season finale in May and the premiere in October, that much time is supposed to have passed, from what I understand. Because if nothing else, they're not going to have every one of their shows jump forward a couple of years, and they still do you know, crossovers. Right, that's true. So they have, they have to keep them all fairly well in sync, except for Legends of Tomorrow, which they can do whatever they want to do and do. Plus, the thing is, wouldn't you, if you were a character in this universe, wouldn't you just say, well, you know, he could be back in October. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that happens a lot. Let's be real. It does. It does. Um, that's one of those things that you just have to suspend your disbelief yes. and, you know, go with it. Um, all right. Something that's going to be kind of controversial, I'm sure. I know exactly where you're going to go with it, and I can't say I disagree with you. Um, Matt Reeves. He's got a big movie coming out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed the last Planet of the Apes movie. Yes. And this weekend, in fact, two days ago was the big premiere night uh, for War of the Planet of the Apes. This one, he's writing and directing. He likes to write and direct stuff he does. Yes. Back in January, of course, Ben Affleck said he just had to step away from the directing duties. It was too much for Batman. And we kind of hinted at the time that that could be it for Affleck. Yeah. Yes. Um, Matt Reeves was chosen, I want to say February. It might have been March, but February, March. Okay. He was chosen. Hey, it's a Planet of the Apes movie. The last one was good. This one looks like it's going to be really good. I have no problem with Matt Reeves being chosen for this. He's talked about doing a film noir thing with it and all the rest. Well, a couple days ago, he was at one of his press junkets, you know, pitching war with Planet of the Apes. And, of course, people are going to ask him about Batman. I mean, yeah. I would if I was in front of him. You know, Planet of the Apes, we can see right now. Forget about that. Batman. Um, he officially let it be known that he has thrown out the Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns written script. Um, not having read it, I can't swear that's a good idea or a bad idea. Could be the one. Being Jeff Johns, I wouldn't really throw anything as as out. That would be my first thought. Right. Um, but still, that, that's being done. He's going to be writing 
an original script. If they were keeping the other script, I had no problem putting money down on the table saying, my odds are on Ben Affleck stays with it and plays Batman again and yes. everything's the same. With the script being thrown out, I don't think it'd be an ego thing. I just think that opens the door to a separation. It opens the door to they want different things, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Part of it might come down to how well Justice League does. Mm-hmm. If Justice League does ridiculously well, we know it's going to do well at the box office. I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of dollars that no matter what, it's going to do well. If it does that restrain, extreme ridiculous well, 90 plus you know, rating on Rotten Tomatoes, critics love it. Basically, kind of like Wonder Woman's doing, that, that, kind, of, that right. kind of effect. He will have more incentive to stick with it because they will want to keep spending money on him. And it'll be hard, kind of like James Bond. Daniel Craig is coming back, even though he said he wanted to have nothing to do with it again. Not, not because he hated what he'd done. He, he was just tired. tired. Yeah, he, was, he wanted to move on. They threw enough money at him. He's coming back as James Bond. If Justice League does that well... Ben Affleck will stick at least one more movie. Now, you know. perhaps you know more than I know. We didn't take over. We both know that one. Yeah. Um, I heard he's doing reshoots. Those were already scheduled. The re- so the reshoots for Justice League were already scheduled by um, Zack Snyder. Okay. Some of them are just pickups and things. You know, sometimes it's... Um, uh, they did this with Wonder Woman. They, they need to come in and get a couple different camera angles or do different stuff for fights or, oh, this scene worked really well, but we need to add... Another minute here. Well, we, yeah, reshoots are common, yes. Reshoots are very common. Rogue One had tons of them. Yeah, especially on big movies like this. And obviously Rogue One and Wonder Woman, that wasn't a warning sign. It's just normal. It's just people get worried if they've had a couple of bad movies and then they hear about reshoots on another one. Right. That's where they get worried. On this one, Zack Snyder had already planned all these reshoots. They'd already scheduled all of them, put in everybody's schedules and the locations, and then he left. So Joss Whedon is now taking over. He's going to be responsible for those reshoots. He's still reshooting the same material, doesn't mean he won't make some changes and it's like, no, 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 no. Put the emphasis on the word the, not the word and. You know, it's, yeah. he might, you know, do some of that kind of stuff. But overall, it's still, for better or worse, it's probably still going to be Zack Snyder's movie. I think, I think the only big influence Joss Whedon's going to have, and I hope I'm wrong, actually. I'm hoping Joss Whedon has even more influence. But I think the only thing he's going to have is um, the score. Because Junkie XL is out and um, what's his name? Batman music, right. Batman animated series. You tell me. Um, I'm blanking on his name. It'll come to me in a minute. Okay. But the iconic, you know, the music that you hear in Batman the animated series and the original Michael Keaton movie, all that, that composer is doing the music for okay. Justice League. And somebody took the Batman music, recut the Justice League trailer just to put the new soundtrack in instead of the Junkie XL one. It was better. Just having that soundtrack, was, yeah. it, it came out better. So um, I think that's where Joss Whedon is going to have his touches. Okay. Is those those things you don't notice right off, but they make a big big impact. So, um, and the last news item, which is going to take us, I think, into our main topic for the day. Um, in the last year, comic book sales grew. Oh, hold on a second. One more news item. One more news item. Sunday. So what happened Sunday, John Paul? We talked about this. Walking. Well, I go to church. Um, you will, yes. <laughs> I think we're going to make ribs. Um, Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. Okay, where people break people's ribs instead. Game of Thrones starts Sunday, yes. John Paul okay. And they blow up churches. They, they do blow up churches in Game of Thrones, yes. Yes. That has happened. Yeah. A lot of things happen in that show. Yeah. A lot of bad things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but limited excitement since I won't be watching it until the season ends, which is only, what, 
six or eight episodes in. It's a very short one. Yeah, I think it's seven or eight, I think. I don't know. It's, it's short. Yes. Um, when the last episode is coming on, I'll get HBO and I'll watch them all together. And okay. Then we'll, then we'll see. I will make sure to ruin it for you. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's yes. fine. Um, two years ago, um, I wish I hadn't watched the, se- the series. Last season, it was one of the best things on TV. So I'm curious which way this one's going to go. Because it, it was it was really good. So it is now. So that that was our that was our news that we, that I forgot, huh? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, that's good. That is this Sunday. Yes. Um, that would be what the sixteenth. Um, I don't know the date. Yeah. No, was... you don't know the date. You bring up the news story. You don't know the, the date. The sixteenth. Yes, that sounds right. Okay. Okay. What time of night? Nine o'clock usually. Okay. Okay. Nine o'clock. I, I, I want to be complete here. I'm guessing an hour, hour and a half long, maybe give or take. <laughs> Something like that. All righty. So as I was starting to say a moment ago with the news story. Um, Comic sales this past year have risen 6%. That's good. The total sales over the past year, $1.085 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars in comic book sales mm-hmm. in North America alone. That's surprising. I didn't realize it was that high. And you know, This is everybody included, Marvel, DC, Image, you name it. Obviously, Marvel and DC are going to be the bulk of it, but um, sounds great. Until you dig into the stats, and then you find out that the entire growth was in the um, trade paperback collections in regular bookstores like Barnes and Noble. Um, not that there's many bookstores around, but th- those kind of types of places. That's where you um, had 100 percent of your growth. The regular comics industry, Marvel was way down, and the only thing that kept the whole comics industry as a whole level was DC's rebirth event doing so well. Um, for the year, no matter how good it is, no matter how much longer it goes, that cannot sustain the entire industry by itself forever. Right. So my question for our main topic, what is the future of comic books? Not comic characters, they all are, they're always going to be there, but the actual, what we thought of, what started really our friendship and everything else, what is the future of comic books? Unfortunately, I don't think it's good. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean... Who's reading them these days? When I was a kid, it was kids, it was adults, it was everybody. Now it does seem like it's people our age. The last few yep. times I went to a comic book shop, I don't see many 13, 14 year old kids in there. I see people late 20s, early 30s. Yep. Except, 40 for a, except for a free comic book day. Oh, and yeah. The, but for the, those are little events. But yeah, you're right, outside of that. For the most part, it's dying. The industry yeah. itself is dying. Um, even myself. In what we thought of as the industry. Yes. Right. But even myself, you know. You're the DC guy and the Marvel guy, whatever. Jokes aside, um, I stopped reading them. Just the fact that Marvel was such a mess these last few years. Oh, this isn't working. This, this is all, oh, we need a new storyline. Let's just kill this character off. There was no, there was no creative thinking anymore. Yeah. There was no more storytelling. It was just shock value, shock value, shock value. Um, or this character, let's, all these legendary heroes we had for all these years, let's wipe them out and put new guys in their uniform. It was yeah. the stupidest things. And both companies did it, Marvel and DC. Oh, yeah. Both. Marvel did a lot, though, recently. Marvel did. Their main... Marvel um, did a bigger, yeah. completely replacement. DC did the reboot of everything and changed a lot of personalities and costumes. The reboot, I think, but, was to get more characters in there. And I think some yeah. of the costumes needed rebooting. But... But, but Marvel... But you, you're right. They, kept, they still kept Clark Kent was Superman, Bruce right. Wayne was Batman. They kept that. But a lot of the characters, um, Steve Rogers, no longer Captain America, or you know, Hulk, Bruce Banner is no longer Hulk. Um, Thor is no longer Thor. Iron Man, Tony Stark's no longer Iron Man. Just 
all the main characters. Wolverine's no longer, not Wolverine. Yeah, all the main characters are not the main characters anymore. Yeah. And yeah, that's to bring new readers in. I get that, but kills all the old readers. Like yeah. all these characters have been following for. 30, 40 years, and now they're not the characters anymore. And I get it to some degree, because like you said, when you look in the shops today, it is the older readers that are the only ones who are there. Yes. So it is walking a fine line, because you don't want to alienate the older readers. Right. Because you need that income. Right. But you can't rely on that forever. At some point, those older readers are going to stop. Right. Either because they just stop, or because, well... They die. They physically stop. Yes. One of, one of the two. Stop yes. buying or their body stops. One of the two. They are not going to be around forever. If you're not replenishing, you're in trouble. And if all your storylines are geared towards the legacy, the um, history, um, I can understand that. However, at least for me, again, one of the reasons I love DC so much is because history has always been such a big deal for that company. Um, from you know the different Earths, you have the World War II versions. Uh, you had um, the modern versions. You had the as they bought different companies. You know the whole Shazam family and so on. You had all of that, and they found a way to pull it all together and create a rich history. And no matter when you dropped in, you felt like you weren't starting from scratch. Which I think the publishers feel like that's a bad thing. Like a, a new reader is overwhelmed by not starting from scratch. But me as a reader, I feel comfortable as long as I can have a a story that I'm starting from scratch on. I love that those characters have a rich history that I can explore. If I find characters I like, I'm not limited to just that one book each month. I can go back and explore their entire history and learn about lots of stuff. There's a lot of development. I see that history as a benefit, not an anchor. But I think most of the publishers see it as an anchor, and they want to wipe that out and start with brand new characters that they can get those new readers in. Right. Right or wrong, I don't know who's right. But But even still, like, okay... Say the last ten years, and you probably know this answer better than I know it. Mm-hmm. How many reboot, reboots have both companies had? Well, and Marvel hadn't had officially a reboot, but they've had reboots. Let's be real. They did have one reboot. I mean, they did their whole Secret Wars, the, yeah. the, the new Secret Wars thing, which did reboot eight things, wiped out their whole multiverse, and yeah. merged everything into one Earth. And while they didn't completely reboot individual characters, they rebooted their universe, right? Um, and changed some stuff they wanted but to change. Even so, they had the Marvel now. They had all this yeah. other stuff. It's hard to count. You're right. It's hard to count their relaunches. Maybe that's a better way to yes, put it. Relaunches instead of reboot, because Marvel's gotten to the point where almost every year a bunch of books will start over at number one because they know number one sell bigger, right. and they just continually relaunch, 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 change up the teams if it's a team book, you know, whatever, just to keep the sales dollars there without really worrying about developing the story. I couldn't tell you in the last ten years how many times Marvel's done that. If I had to guess at a number, I'd probably say in ten years they've probably had between 10 and 20 line-wide relaunches. That's what okay. it feels like. Okay. It might not be that many. That's what it feels like. Okay. DC in the past 10 years has had probably two line-wide... Um, New 52 and Rebirth. New 52 and now Rebirth. Yes. Because New 52 is now five to six years old. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact year, but five to six years. So it was right in the middle of that. And before that, they had been... Yes, there are minor changes that can generally happen to individual characters, like when the whole... Color spectrum happened in Green Lantern, and you kind of had the whole Green Lantern rebirth, yeah. but it didn't affect the whole universe. And they and Jeff Johns kept all the history together. You had um, Superman Birthright when they redid a lot of his past, but they didn't change the whole universe. So you had a lot of those little bitty things. But I would say Flashpoint and the New Fifty Two, you know, New Flashpoint kicking off the New Fifty Two. That was probably the last major change. Um, 
since Christ was an infinite earth. A lot of people would argue with me. A lot of people would say, well, what about zero hour? And what about this? And what about that? There were a lot of stuff in between. But really, the complete, massive reboots um, were Crisis and then New 52. In between, you had the adjustments. And when they do the adjustments, unlike Marvel's adjustments, because somebody would say, well, what's different? They didn't start over number one. They didn't, you know, redo their teams. They didn't make it sound like a huge marketing campaign of Marvel Now and all the rest. They just... Which tells me in a way that the companies are panicking. Yeah. They just keep going back to the square. Okay, well, this isn't working. We booted it again. Yep. And that happens a lot. And one of the um, big creators, I don't remember who it was, but somebody whose name you'd recognize, like a Stan Lee-level person who's known in the industry... Um, his opinion was that you had mo- the bulk of your readers cycled through every five years and you needed to have some major reboot basically every five years of all your characters in order to create fresh See, content. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't either. You know, back I in the 90s, don't. comics were so huge. With Marvel and DC were built both huge and they split off to Image mm-hmm. and Valley came out. There were so many different things out there, so much different, different companies, yeah. um, cross-gen, to read. You know, and I loved it. Yeah. And they weren't going to reboot it all the time. They just stayed the course. Yep. They just told good stories. And it feels like, I don't know, are they, where are the writers at? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just need some good comic writers. And I think that's why DC has done really well with Rebirth this past year. Because the way they approached it, I said it was a fine well, they line. had the best writer, Jeff right. Johns. Well, they, they've got him, but he hadn't been writing anything for the past year. He wrote the Rebirth but special. isn't he overall in charge of overall? Like overseeing it all? He oversaw the launch of Rebirth. Okay. And he's, he's had his hand in it, yes, no question, especially the planning of it. But he's been in so involved in the TVs and movies side of things that really it, it's more a testament to all the others working together really well. Because they found, at least for the past year, they have found that perfect line. They didn't throw everything in New 52 out. Stuff that worked in New 52, they kept. Stuff that didn't, that people were missing from pre, they brought back. Even including including some pre-crisis stuff. I mean, they've tried to merge the best of all those um, eras into one. And the sales have shown they've done a pretty good job because it's been a full year plus now, and it's holding. Right. So I don't know how long they can continue it. And Jeff Johns is coming back to write the big Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan versus Superman crossover thing in November, which could be really, really cool. Hope. We hope. Yeah, we hope. Um Marvel has seen this, and so coming up here in the next month, I don't know the exact date, but coming up the next month is Marvel Legacy, or Legacies, I think it's plural. This is their one shot, kind of like Rebirth, where they're bringing back all the old stuff. The covers are going to have, like, the current Hulk with the Bruce Banner Hulk, and you'll have um, the current Wolverine, X-23 or whatever yes. she's called, with the original Wolverine. And you're going to have the covers, are going to have all of them on there across all these one shots, but the main Legacy story is going to set everything up to bring back all this legacy stuff. They're basically trying to copy DC, which I have no problem with. If it works, copy it. Go for it. Yeah. Do it well. Don't just copy it the way people copied Star Wars back in the late 70s and the number of sci-fi movies that were thrown out there that were crap. You know, that's just... No. Don't do that. Do it well, and I'm all for it. They're starting their numbering back on all their books, like Thor will be number 700, Amazing Spider-Man goes back to whatever it was. Uh, Venom has already gone back to its original numbering, Cable, and so on. So they're trying it, but I'm going to wait and see. Okay. Probably three or four months from now, we'll know whether or not Marvel is doing it in name only. Is it a gimmick? Or were they really serious? That's what I'm afraid of, is Marvel does gimmicks a lot. Yeah. And my money right now would be on gimmick. But I'm hoping it's serious. And then if it is serious, 
do they have the writers that can pull it off? That's the next thing. DC found the writers that could pull it off. Lucky, skilled, whatever, they've pulled it off. Will Marvel be able to do it? And I hope so. I hope so, because honestly, man, I just don't see it lasting. I really don't. Um, maybe they should score graphic novels from now on. Just, you know what, here's a five-issue story just released it once a month or whatever it is or yeah. something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I don't know. it's not the same. And, of course, there is a question. Will there be a point at which the comics just completely cease to exist because the live-action or animated either one, but right now more live-action, is so dominant it doesn't matter anymore. Well, sooner or later that's going to die down. Because I mean, everybody's always said the comics have to be there to feed the live-action stuff. But let's just take the Marvel one. Forget about DC for a minute. Just take the Marvel Universe. Its cinematic universe probably doesn't need the comics anymore. They've got enough of a machine going. If they keep making good movies... That's true. They're making a whole lot more money there. They don't need the comics feeding it. But you still need the people that are so obsessed with these characters that are seeing them and hyping them up. You need the... the, You you want that? Yeah. But there's so much of the general public now who love it. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think you need the fanboys. The fanboys die by these movies they will hype these movies up so yeah. much and they're the ones that are always on Facebook always on yeah. Twitter always on these you know social media things that are blowing these things up it's free publicity left yeah. and right for them if you actually think of it in a way but at what point does it possibly become instead of the comic books you've got the cartoons which feed the live action TV yeah. which feeds the movies that, that could happen as well and it could be the same fanboys it's just people who no longer care about picking up a book what's a book is that one of those things from back in the 19th century? You know, it's... And plus, either you go to digital as well. Yeah, and digital sales are pretty much holding flat, just like everything else. There are digital sales. And I spent a year, you probably didn't know this, I experimented for one year when New 52 started. I bought all of the first issues. And for the next year, I didn't buy another single physical copy of any book except Legion of Superheroes. I had, I've got every Legion I can get a hold of. I don't have the whole collection, but I've got everyone I can get a hold of. Those mean something to me. Right. Everybody has something that means something to them. But every other book I was reading, Superman, Batman, whatever, I only bought digital for one full year. I missed it. Now, if the digital had been a whole lot cheaper, that might have been different. But right now, the digital is the same price. Well, the problem with digital is comics are always, not only do you read them, but they're also collectors. The collectors, I, didn't, I wasn't even worried about the collector piece. There was just it's something not the missing. The collect, collector piece is the fact that there's value to them. There's yeah. some, some of them are investments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of people, definitely, no question. I just, there was something that was missing in the experience of having the digital book versus the physical book. And I'm not against digital books. I use my Kindle all the time. I've, I have not bought a physical book since I finished The Wheel of Time. See, I still prefer real books. I really do. Yeah, see, I, I don't anymore. That's just because my phone is so large. You know, I've got one of the extra large screens. It's the same size as a paperback, pretty much. And I don't want to have to carry the phone and a book when I'm reading. So I just carry the phone and I have all my books. Hmm. Um, and if, if there's one I want to flip through and like I'm talking to you about a book and, oh, there's one scene in this book and I can pull up that book from my entire library at any time. So that's what I love about that. So I'm not against digital books, but the digital comics just left me flat after a year and I went back to buying real books. Okay. But that could be an age thing. We are the old titans. We are. We are not the ones they want. They want our money still, but they don't Really, outside of our money, we're not the future. We're not the future. Yes, uh, the children are our future. Yeah. Treat them well and let them. No, no, I, I get you. Know, you yeah, I get okay. you. Yeah. Just in case you didn't pick no, up. No, no, I picked around. up on that. Yeah. I, I am no. I start singing. Of... No, please don't. Yeah. No, 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 I don't want to hear you sing ever. Oh, okay. Your wife can sing, however. She can come out and sing all she wants to me. Okay, all right. But the children are. No, our okay. Future. You know, what? let's go anyways. Okay. So, anyway, so yes, I think as of right now, it's bleak. 
It's bleak. I agree. It's they, bleak. They need, a, they need something. Or I think it, this is the point, too. I think, honestly, in the next five years, if something big doesn't happen, we get new leaders in there, it's, it's done. I think yep. these next five years are going to be huge for the comic industry. Yep. We know the movies are out there. They're going to be hits. We know the TV shows going to be great. Um, and actually, people always say, you know, comic movies are going to die down. They get too much. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. Just the fact that super-powered humans have always been around. Hercules always had a movie around. Oh, yeah. yeah, long um, before Superman yeah. as the first one. So, I mean, there was, it, there's other, other characters yeah. out there. So. But even these characters are making movies of have been around for more than 75 years. It's true. I think there might be a place for them to constantly be with us. But I agree. It, that doesn't mean you have to have 15 movies a year. But you know what? It doesn't hurt anything to have 15 movies a year if they sell. It's and true. right now, they're selling. I see the next few years... I don't think you have 10 more years in comics unless something big happens where even one company just says, you know what, has this amazing idea. Because all you need is one company. One of the two big companies have something really, really big yeah. that gets people back into the comic book shops says, oh, I'm looking forward to this, looking forward to this. Oh, wait, you know, like say DC doesn't do something big. Yeah. You go there like, oh, this stuff, and you turn it off to your right-hand side, oh, there's Spider-Man. Oh, there's Spider-Man. Pick that up. Yeah. Oh, I would do some of the same thing. Yeah. Now, one thing they could do, which we're not taking into account, which they could do this, because the movie business is so large, Let's just take Marvel, for instance, since Disney owns them. they got plenty of money. The movies are making plenty of money. Yes. They could decide. They don't care if the comics are making money or not. They're going to keep publishing and all the rest because it is a good experimental location. They can try out, well, how does this character work? How do, how do we want the relationships with this character and other characters exist to work? Play around with different styles until you find the right arrangement. Kind of like, I know you don't care for them as much, but like the Booster and Beetle. Both existed, but until the two of them were put together in Justice League International... Both of them were just kind of there. And all of a sudden, that relationship created the blue and the gold, and people loved Booster and Beetle. There have been other characters that have been like that yeah, in absolutely. the past. Um, until you find those you know, those things, and it's expensive to experiment with that on screen. Experiment with that in the comics. It's worth them spending a couple million dollars a year when they're making billions of dollars a year. You know, Just subsidize it. Let it be a loss leader. Who cares? That might keep the comics around forever, honestly, okay. doing something like that. But looking at the clock... Yes, we should probably move on to the um, B-Man question of the week for next time. But I do, I did think of one thing I do want to mention, just in case you didn't know. We What's both that? enjoyed Legion. This yes. is the final comic moment in here. Just in case this, I don't think this will change your question, but just in case. The Emmy nominations just came out yesterday, and Legion was completely snubbed. I heard that, actually. Yes. That it was an incredible me. show. With a creator who's very well respected, Noah Hawley, um, Fargo got multiple nominations. But Legion was completely snubbed. I'm not surprised. It's, it's comic book based, comic right. movie. So I just, yes. I just want to throw that out there. I'm as not a final news piece. Okay, so B Man question of the week. All right, Game of Thrones coming out Sunday. We talked about that already. Two seasons left of Game of Thrones, or one season to split up Split or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a two part question. Okay. They're making prequels of Game of Thrones, supposedly. Supposedly. Number one, first part of the question is, do you think they should? And number two is, if they should. If you think they should, what storyline would you go with? Because you want to keep to keep it new and fresh. What would you right. What would you do? All right. Whose storyline would you focus on, etc. All right, that's a good one for next time. Thank that you. Could, that could lead in into an entire episode discussion. Of the Game of I Thrones. think we just not just Game of Thrones, but there's lots of series that, as they end, were so popular, they want to look at doing prequels. Yes, this has happened multiple times. I think you just not only asked ask our question, yes. you gave us a main topic for next time. Well, I, I, that's why you need me in the show, which we don't do shows without me. Yeah. Bad move. Very <laughs> right. bad move. 
Um, so any last thoughts on comics or anything else that uh, you want to throw out there as we're I should be a combo character. I'm you should you know. be? The B-Man. The B-Man. Yep. Superpower would be my geniusness. Okay. That I have. Is that a word, well, geniusness? For John Paul. B-Man. The genius. Yes. We are out of here. <laughs>